spin your passion into a business of Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Good. All right, everybody, welcome back. Sorry about that. It's Justin Kidder with you here on 1410 ESPN Radio. Let's talk a little NFL and college football with former Buckeye Bobby Carpenter. Bobby Carpenter, here's a conversation talking NFL, your Buckeyes, and college football. Bobby Carpenter joins us. Bobby, welcome in, sir. How are you? I'm doing well, Justin. Thanks for having me on, sir. Yeah, now, I appreciate you giving me time. Now, you do this morning show now at 6 a.m. I'm just waking up at 6 a.m. in the morning, and you already fresh into your day starting the show. You just started the show uh, with with Schlegel and and Beam and those guys. You're having a blast. How fun is that doing a morning show at 97.1 The Fan in Columbus? It's been great. You know, Schlegs and I, people have asked this question to me, you know, a bunch, because, you know, AJ, Hawk, Anthony Schlegel, and myself, you know, you know, we appear to be really close when we played. And we actually were really close when we played. All really good friends. Uh, we're all in each other's weddings. And so, you know, our wives are really close. We have kids that are around the same age, especially AJ and I. Schlegs, a couple of his are a little older because, you know, people don't realize, but he's two and a half years older than us. Heck, he'll be 40 uh, this March 1st. So <laughs> a little bit different there, but it's it's unbelievable to really get a chance to do a show with one of your best friends that you've known now for 15, 16 years and you know, really the majority of my adult life. So it's been absolutely fantastic. It's been a lot of fun. I will say this. I always like starting my day like with a workout. And so I'd always work out usually between 6 and 7.30, come back, take the kids to school and get ramped up for the day. You know, when I was doing, ES- doing ESPN stuff and different things, you know, I'd, I would get a workout after that. But that was intermittently and it was maybe once or twice a week. Whereas with this now, I've had to try to like reconfigure my schedule. Justin, it's been crazy. Like I like to do something every day. And so I've tried beforehand. So I've tried to like wake up, get a little run in, whether it's, you know, 15 minutes or ride a stationary bike. Cause heck, it's pitch black out. And as it gets more into the winter months, it's going to be even colder. So I'm not sure exactly what I'm going to be able to do, but it's, it's been an absolute blast. Show's been a lot of fun. We've got a lot of great things to talk about despite the lack of like traditional sports seasons. So back in February, uh, when I was in New York, I was able to kind of, you were kind enough to let me go and check out the behind the scenes stuff for ESPN's Get Up. And when I was in New York, I got to meet Pat McAfee. And Pat McAfee is one of the, I mean, if there's anyone more energetic than Schlegel, it has to be Pat McAfee. I mean, he, he, he's a jolt of energy, that's for sure. Now, he has termed you the general. You have the new nickname, the general, correct? Was that from Pat McAfee? That was from Pat McAfee. I actually just got this homage here. You can even see it. I'll pull it yes. up there. He's got their general, <laughs> yeah, their general Bob, you know, their general Bob uh, shirts. They want to get them made. So, you know, uh, they're going to donate, you know, the portion of the proceeds to the Second Seven Foundation, which promotes literacy that was started by Luke Fickle, Mike Vrabel, and Ryan Miller. And so it's an awesome cause. And, yeah, so Pat coined me the general. He does a show with AJ, who, you know, we're very close, like I said. And so it was awesome to get and go on there with you know, AJ and Pat make some jokes, have some fun, and, you know, do a lot of those things. So probably going to have me back on pretty soon, and I'm, I'm excited to get on there, promote the shirt, and get everything going since that all was kind of, you know, it started, you know, from Pat. He's the one that initiated everything and, you know, helped kind of push that Big Ten football season forward. A lot, there was a lot of people in the media you know, working behind the scenes to connect people and then also apply 
you know, some reason and logic and a little bit of public pressure to hopefully persuade, you know, some of those presidents to recon reconfigure and rethink maybe uh, how they were going to start the season and, and when they were going to try to do it. It's been a strange couple months, and again, we're two weeks away from Ohio State kicking off, which is awesome. But I'm curious, like you were very vocal about this, which you know, and there's not a lot of media members kind of were taking the stance of, hey, you know, it's COVID, you have to take this side of caution, and not that you weren't, but you you were the, one of the vi vocal minorities in regards to speaking out against the Big Ten and Kevin Warren. And what was the tipping point for you? At what point did you did you finally have enough? Because you weren't rude to anybody on social media, but I was following along, and you were very adamant that, hey, enough of this. There's enough facts to support both sides here, and there's a lot of facts to support, hey, we should be playing football. It doesn't mean we have to hide from this, that we should be playing football right now, especially with the data and the information that was put out there. And so that, that, that's the big key, the data and the information. And mm -hmm. my kids have been playing Little League football now. I coach, and there's a number of guys who I actually coach with that you know live very close to me who I've talked about who are cardiologists because they talked about the long-term effects and ramifications of potentially what COVID could do. So I would just pepper them with questions all the time. So like, you're not a doctor. I'm like, absolutely I'm not. But I'm going to ask these guys who are very smart, and this is what they do for a living. And, oh, by the way, they're coaching, and their kids are playing in the league. So... You know, they're putting their money where their mouth is. They're not hypothetically speaking of whether or not they'd play. You know, they're putting their kids out there and saying this is far more important than any potential risk that could happen. You know, and, and there is always a risk. There's a risk to playing football as well. And so to me, where it started to turn is once the instant testing was available, because that was always the thing, you know, the, the spread of COVID will be so great. And, and not, to, not to diminish that because it could happen, but you have students going back into dorms. We're going to live essentially, you know, I went to, I stayed in those dorms in Ohio State. You're staying with someone from across the country, across the state that, you know, you didn't live with. You're coming back and living in glorified, you know, 10 by 10 cells essentially. They have amenities, but they're not big. And so you're going to be in there with something like that. Are you supposed to, you're supposed to wear a mask all the time. And then you had instant testing available. High school football has gone off in the state of Ohio. They're starting the playoffs now after the abbreviated six week season. But, you know, to my knowledge, there's been some games that have been missed. But most of the teams played, you know, fairly full schedule. There have been some, there had to have been some delays and cancellations, but, you know, nobody, to my knowledge, and I think it would have been public if you know, there was, a, you know, some mass outbreak at a school or anybody was severely hospitalized. So that proved it could be done safe, uh, safely if, if everybody was responsible with it. So my thing wasn't go back and just eliminate all, all guardrails and business as usual. It's can it be done in a safe and responsible way? Because I know how important football is, and all sports really are, to the development of young people. And when you look at this and you analyze the situation, you know, you, you think about the costs and the benefits. Like, it's not about playing, you know, sports essentially to go, go always play in college or go from college and play professionally. It's the things that sports teaches you. It's the, it's the uh, character development that occurs. It's the teamwork aspect that we have become such an individualistic society that like football is the ultimate team game because everybody has a unique job. And some of those jobs, they're not glorious. Offensive linemen don't score touchdowns, you know? So their job is predicated, you know, to be able to go out and block and the success of the running back is going to be dictated based on how well they play or the receivers or the quarterback or the defense and all these things. So people have, they have to be selfless and they have to go out there and execute and they have to continue to, and, to really buy into that team culture. And so I look at all the things that it teaches and all the things that it taught me and what, what I wanted to teach my children. And that was the thing, can it be done safely? And what are the risks? 
and there's always going to be risks. And, you know, I talked to my dad about playing because people are like, well, would you have played? I'm like, well, I'd ask my dad, ask my parents what they thought. It's like, yeah, it's your decision. You're, you're 18 to 22 years old. You could make it. And I looked at that. I'm like, okay, well, what are the risks to me? What are the, what are, what's the healthy population base in that group? How does that look? I'm like, okay, based upon the information and my risk profile in my life, I would be more than willing to play. Well, that's not true for everybody. And here's the last piece of it. As you got Justin, is the fact that no one was going to force anyone to play. It was, we're going to give you the opportunity, the option to play. If you want to opt out, you'll still receive your scholarship and grant and aid, and you can go be a student, and we'll give you a pause year, and you can come back. But for a lot of guys, a pause year, you know, pause year isn't really a great option. And so finally, when all those things began swirling together, people began seeing Notre Dame's playing, but Indiana and Purdue aren't. You know, Pitt was playing, but... Pencil State wasn't, yeah. you know, and then the Steelers are playing, you know, high schools are playing, the Bengals and Browns, like there was Cincinnati was playing, and just all of a sudden there was so much overwhelming information and to look at it and say, they're doing it, and it's not perfect, but it seems to be relatively safe. So let's just try and proceed and see what happens. How crazy, and I've asked this to Keith Byers before he's played in the show, and I'll ask you the same thing. There's going to be no fans in the show. Right. There's no fans. I am correct on that. Right. Can you imagine playing in an empty shoe? I mean, that place is electric. It's one of the best atmospheres in all of college football, whether it's at noon, three or, you know, at night under the lights in primetime. That is an electric place to play college football. And they're going to be doing it with no fans. And how strange is that going to be? We've seen it around college football. Heck, in Florida, they're going to be full capacity moving forward now. I'm just curious, how strange is that going to be? To, thinking back to your playing days, how strange it would be to play in an empty shoe, but to watch a game uh, with an empty shoe. So obviously you lose the lack of energy when you're, mm-hmm. when you're watching it on television. Because the one thing about college football, you can feel that palpable energy transmitting through your TV screen. You can hear it through the announcers, and like it drives the energy of the game, all of the passion of the fans. I will say this, like when we played, and they do it, coaches do it every year, usually go over one time in the spring and maybe have a scrimmage. You go over in the fall and maybe have a scrimmage there, and it's like a friends and family affair. But when you have like 150, 200 people in that stadium that seats 105, 108,000, whatever it is, it it feels hollow. It feels empty. The sound echoes off the aluminum benches and the concrete walls. I mean, it, it's an eerie feeling. When they blow the whistle, you can hear it four times because there's nothing in there to dampen the sound. It's going to be weird. And like the scrimmages is one thing. And you get amped up. But to do that on a you know Saturday-by-Saturday Saturday basis... You know, to go into Happy Valley and, you know, play there in a, in a stadium with whiteouts at Penn State or, you know, the Big House or Wisconsin at Camp Randall, some of these electric environments, it's going to be weird. I'm curious to see. And there's going to have to be a lot of intrinsic motivation and energy brought by the players to make up for it because it's not that you play for the fans, but, man, you feed off of it. Like, it, it, you can feel it right there. And that's one of the, it's one of the great things about college football in the Midwest and in the South and these places that really care, like you can feel that energy, and it enhances your performance. So now, these guys are going to have to find another way to manufacture that. And we have ESPN's Bobby Carpenter again, co-host of Morning Juice on 97.1 The Fan in Columbus. Uh, Bobby, I appreciate your time. I want to ask you real quick about uh, Justin Fields, obviously, and I'm so happy for him to be able to get the shot to go back out and play this season because it looked as if, you know, we had seen the last of Justin Fields, which have been tragic because it, it, since JT Barrett, we've yet to see a quarterback start for Ohio State in back-to-back seasons. So it's the first time in a while we'll get that. It's going to be exciting watching him. Everyone, all eyes are on Trevor Lawrence and, and obviously Justin Fields right now. These two are destined uh, on a clear, 
you know, crash, you know, right to the national championship game. Hopefully, how special would that be to see those two meet up in a rematch from last year, obviously, but this time in the biggest stage on the national championship game? How special would that be? I would love to see that scenario play out for the rest of the season. Yeah, it'd be the sequel to last year. Yeah. I think a lot of people would be down with that. If you look you know, at the <laughs> recruiting rankings, you know, Justin and Trevor were like, you know, right up there at the top coming out, and so often. You know, guys that are highly recruited, they don't really pan out, especially the quarterback position, because there's so much that goes into it, especially from the intangible side that's tough to measure and quantify. And so you have guys that are really highly rated that maybe don't become those elite players. But Justin knew he had you know, growth. He knew he had development that needed to occur. Ryan Days helped that. Wanted to get a second year in as a starter. And that's why you never heard him you know, waver from wanting to opt out. And he understands like what this means and the development for him to continue to improve. Because like he was going to be drafted probably the second quarterback off the board. Heck, maybe if he has a great year, maybe the first one. But it's it's not that. It was how well was he going to play after he got in the NFL because how prepared would he be? It's tough to be a one-year starter and come in and play immediately and have success. And so I think Justin understood that. He's a great kid. He's an unbelievable human being. I hope that he gets a chance to win the Heisman Trophy. I hope that he's playing for a national championship because he's a world-class human. He's a great leader. He's worked his tail off since he's got here. And they have an unbelievable wealth of resources at the wide receiver position and at the offensive line to help facilitate his success this season. All right, so we know Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson. Those three spots are pretty much led their spots to lose pretty much at this point. But you got Georgia, you got Florida, you got Notre Dame. I mean, maybe crazier things could happen. Cincinnati, who knows what happens there? I, I doubt it, but I mean, I like to throw them out there because I think that this was a season where if the committee decided to be cute and give a give a team outside the Power Five a shot, they could be in the running if they're undefeated by the end. It's a lot of teams fighting for that fourth and final spot. A lot of football left to be played. Hell, we haven't even kicked off the football season for the Big Ten yet. How do you see the race for that final four or for that that fourth and final spot in the playoff when that's still months away? But how do you see that shaking out? I really like what Florida's done this year. Kyle Trask has been unbelievable since he took over for Felipe Franks mm-hmm. you know, at the start of last season. He's developed. He's matured. He's a big physical guy. And I think they've got a lot of talent around him. I think they ultimately win the East over Georgia. So if that's the case, what is that game with Alabama, as long as we're going to be presumptive and assume that they're going to get in? And what does that SEC championship look like? If it's close, I think Florida probably gets in. Notre Dame's going to have a case to be made. And, you know, unfortunately for the Big 12, with the way everything is shaking out for them, you know, with Texas losing to TCU and Oklahoma taking a big step back with finally having to develop a young quarterback and experience some of those growing pains, to me, it probably looks like it's Florida's to lose. You could see Notre Dame sliding in there if they play really well against Clemson and remain the rest of the season unscathed. But I think Florida's going to have a great body of work. And if they can beat Georgia, they can win the East and compete against Bama, I think that's something people might want to see again. All right, Bobby, I, I like Send us out with this. Browns 3-1. Bengals, who cares about the record? It, lo- it does look like they have their guy. Joe Burrow, for how bad that you know, situation is with that offensive line. They look legit. Uh, Joe Burrow looks legit. Your thoughts on the two Ohio NFL teams right now off to great starts, at least for the Browns from a record perspective, and, and Joe Burrow from a developmental standpoint, first rookie to throw for 300-plus yards in three straight games. Bengals fans finally have something to feel good about moving forward. 
you know, if you look at that, I mean, Joe Burrow is a dude. Like, he, he com conducts himself like a 10-year veteran. He's very impressive with what he does physically. But really more, it's the, the mental makeup. I mean, he was sacked eight times in a game for heaven's sake. He, he's been beaten and bloodied all over the place. He continues to bounce up. He hasn't been rattled. They need to protect him. I don't want to see Joe Burrow get broken in half. I don't think that that's going to happen because he's so talented and he's so tough and he's a pretty big and physical guy. But the, those beatings can begin to take a toll on you. I'm glad they got a win. They're headed in the right direction because I think Joe Burrow at the end of the season, people are going to look at his body of work and say, given what he was played, the situation he was placed into and what he had around him, especially in front of him, he's a top 10 quarterback. I truly believe that. Uh, Cleveland now, heck, you know, they're, they're four, they're three and one, you know, this will be a nice challenge for them this week. You know, can they get to four and one? Because now they have to start beating good teams. And that's a big piece of it. You know, when you start looking at some of these teams, they're playing a team in the Colts that have a really, really talented defense. Can they stop the run? Can they push it back on Baker? You know, there's no Nick Chubb back there. So they're going to have to do it with Kareem Hunt. And then Baker's going to have to play a bigger role. And they're going to have to push the ball down the field somewhat. And how will Kevin Stefanski begin to balance it? I think the Browns get the win. I think this is a year they make the playoffs. I don't think they win the division because, heck, Pittsburgh and Baltimore are both really good. But I think this is a Cleveland Browns team that you're going to finally see reap what they showed, showed all offseason, which was hard work, and they finally stopped the chatter and started putting it on the field. All right, good stuff. Bobby Carpenter, uh, you know, he's part of ESPN's Get Up, a co-host of Morning Juice on 97 Fun, uh, 97.1 The Fan in Columbus. Good enough to join us here today. Bobby, thank you so much. Real quick, go to the Facebook feed. Dennis on Facebook says, Bobby and A.J. Hawk his favorite linebacker duo uh, right there. A lot of people excited that you're on the show today. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, AJ, fine. find, uh, I don't know what you would call that, Daytonian? I mean, you know, over there, he's obviously from Centerville. I'm not sure exactly how the, the conjugation works on the back yes. end of that, but he, you know, great friend. Uh, he's doing awesome stuff. You can see him with Pat McAfee on his show, you know, uh, two or three times a week. So, Awesome. AJ, good friend, man. And, and it's awesome now with everything that's happened. Our kids have kind of changed some schools. Right? My, our, our kids get to go to school together. Our daughter's in the same class. And it's uh, it's pretty special. It's kind of like Goodwill Hunting-esque a little bit. All right. On the way, tell everyone how they can get that shirt again. Is that shirt available? It, I don't know if it's fully available yet. We're going to launch it here. It's at Homage. So you go to homage.com. Um, they can get a hold of it and get going. If there's one other thing I might pump, that Absolutely. we have these uh, unbelievable masks right here. That we've been putting out, uh, and I don't know yes. if you're a fan of the Buckeye Cruise. You can see the little emblem right there. Uh, if I can get that rolled back, but they're pink masks. It's uh, sorry, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and so we're trying to get these things pushed out and sold. Um, so five dollars for every mask that's sold goes back to the Buckeye Cruise. It's a weird year. It's tough to raise money right now. Cancer isn't taking a year off, so it's important to still can, uh, get it. So you can go to breezymasks.com. And you can get it right there. Like I said, five dollars from every mask is going back to the Buckeye Cruise, and we're hoping to raise, you know, between twenty-five and fifty thousand dollars. It all goes to the James Cancer Hospital, which, you know, to live in Ohio and to be able to have that resource available, people don't realize how lucky they actually are. Yeah, I was bummed I didn't get to see it at the JR Memorial this year at uh, Indian Lake. Uh, my fiance's yeah. family works closely with that, and they're part of the you know the committee that puts that on. Uh, uh, Jeff and Kay Dorner, I figure I'll give them a shout-out right there for them. But, uh, yeah, they're doing the silent auction right now on, on their Facebook page as well. So I've been pumping that and sharing that out as well. So still lots of ways that people can still support a good cause during this time. ESPN's Bobby Carpenter. Bobby, thanks so much for your time, man. I know you're a busy guy, so thank you. Hey, my pleasure, Justin. Thanks for having me on. Let's do it again sometime. Absolutely. You take care. Talk soon. Thank you.